Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello. Hi. Hey, I got your text message. I'm sending you the link. It's like, I know I'm typing. Give me a moment. I have old <laughs> arthritic fingers. You always tell me to text you to let you know when I actually email the link. Yeah, because God forbid you actually call me and I can hear your voice. I don't know what it is with you young people. I mean, we're literally calling and hearing each other's voices right now. like... <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, oh, normally, okay. Okay. We, communicate, <laughs> we communicate by text. There's no chit-chatting <laughs> on the phone anymore, like the good old days. Maybe I just like the sound of your voice, because I love you so much. Aw, I love you too. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> nice to hear it. See, if we hadn't been speaking on the phone, I never would have heard that. Mm, okay. You never would have known after 42 years how much I love you. That's right. It's a question every <laughs> every day. Like, what did I do to jack up our relationship now? I don't know. Oh, God. Nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm. <laughs> how are you this morning? I'm fine. I am drinking an iced coffee right now. Oh, that's funny. I already drank my iced coffee and now I'm drinking iced tea. My coffee break. Your break from coffee, you mean? Yes. You're trying to mix it up with the coffee and the tea. Yes. I will reward myself for doing that later with another iced tea. I mean, <laughs> okay. iced coffee. You did so good not drinking an iced coffee. You should get an iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing. It's all mm. about me at this point in my life. Yeah, that sounds like me. I mean, I had two cups of hot coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I still want coffee, but I don't want any more hot coffee. Mm-hmm. So I switched to the iced coffee. Did you make iced coffee? No, I've been buying that Starbucks pre-made container. It's the container. Yeah. So all I have to do is put my creamer in it. Yeah, I do that too. I'm an embarrassment in my coffee obsession. I mean, there's worse obsessions to have. Well, I have those too. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just saying. I understand. So uh, you ready to do this book? Yes. The only thing I want to say before we start talking about this book. Okay. Is I wanted to remind people, but then also tell any new listeners we might have that we have all the books that we review on Amazon on a list that we've made. So if you go into our 
link tree, which is in our Instagram bio, or if you're listening to us on Spotify, it's at the end of the podcast description. I put it every episode at the bottom. If you click on that, then you can go on to Amazon US and you could see the list that we've made with every single book we review on there. So people can always go to that list, see what we've done in the past, see what we're doing right now, download the books for themselves. Most of what we do is on KU, very rarely is a book not on KU, but just a reminder that we always put them on the book list. I have to laugh. In fact, I was laughing while you were reading that because if I weren't listening to you right now, I wouldn't know you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm telling the new people and you. And me. And when you said you click on the bio, I hate when people say that because I can never get that to work. Do you know how many Martha Stewart recipes I've missed out on because I haven't been able to figure out how to click on the bio? And I know that you've screenshotted (laughs) step-by-step procedure for me on multiple, multiple occasions. But, you know, once it's, uh, I'm onto something else, I don't know how to find it anymore. So you're talking about on Instagram? Yes, please don't tell me how to do it now. We're busy and I won't be remembering what you're saying. I was just going to say this is a good reminder for people on how to do that because you are probably not the only person that doesn't know how to do that. Oh, go, go then. If you go on Instagram to our actual page, you'll see, you like know, us. Our, yes, like us, follow us, all the things, do all, <laughs> all the, the things, things. people. Yeah, thank you, people. You'll see the description that I put and then underneath it. So there's like a little hand with a little down point that says, click the link to listen and subscribe. Then you'll see what I'm talking about. It says link tree slash bonded books podcast. Click on that and that will get you not just to our. I'm still trying to open. (laughs) You're still trying to open Instagram. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to follow along. This is reminding me of the days when I used to do tech support for Ikea. Well, or me, you poor thing. Or your grandparents. I'm like, please, I'm begging you. Go over. I cannot deal with your grandparents. And they love you. They think I'm a moron. Okay, so (laughs) I've opened Bonded Books Podcast. Thank you, our followers. Appreciate it. And then what are we doing? Okay, you see where it says mother and daughter podcasting duo, unfiltered discussion of books, new episodes every Wednesday. Yes. Click the link. Okay, so right below that, it says link tr.ee slash bonded books podcast. Press that. That's the link I'm talking about. That's the link in your bio. That's our bio. That's the link. So Instagram does not let you put hyperlinks into a post, which is why when people post on Instagram, they always say link in bio, because this is the only way to give you a hyperlink to get to anything else in Instagram. Oh, this is a, this is exciting. I just clicked on it. Yeah. Do you see? So the very first thing that comes up is the reading list on Amazon US. You see it, right? Yes. And then below that is all the different ways you guys can listen to us. And then if you keep going, it's the Facebook group. I have a link to the article when we were in Blush Magazine. Yay, Blush Magazine. I know all the things. But if you click on the very first link for the Mm -hmm. reading list for Amazon US, then it says uh, reading list to accompany the Bonded Books podcast. You've heard what we had to say about these books. Now read them for yourselves. Oh, that is awesome. How do you figure all this stuff out? You're just so dang smart. You get that from me. (laughs) Uh, 
I live by Amazon lists, not going to lie. I have a bunch of different lists on Amazon. So I made this one for the podcast. So oh, that, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Look welcome. at all these dang books you made me read. Jesus. <laughs> you're no welcome. Wonder I'm so, no wonder I'm so dang tired. <laughs> I know, right? So that's all I wanted to say. About well, thank that. you. And thank you to anyone that's listening. Appreciate it. All right. So now we're going to chat about this book. Yes. This book we are doing today is Wolf Gone Wild by Juliet Cross. It is a steamy, slow burn werewolf romance. And it is book number one in the Stay a Spell series. And when they say slow burn, good God, they mean slow burn. It's like a snail romance, not a werewolf romance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So (laughs) we're going to start talking about this. And the book is written in dual POV. Now that I know what that acronym is, I can use it. And the first chapter opens with someone named Mateo, who's talking about all the supernaturals in New Orleans, right? And he's looking for this sister group of witches. And there's a lot of sisters. Okay, so I didn't highlight things as they happened in the book. I just highlighted things that I liked that happened in the book. Oh, all right. Or quotes that I like, because that's what we said we were doing for season two. So yeah, I don't know how to do. I don't know what I'm doing. So you know, just (laughs) roll with it. That's all right. You can tell me we're not doing that mom. How many times I have to tell you for God's sake. (laughs) I'm just saying because if you want to like talk about things as they happen, that's fine. But I finished this book a while ago. I mean, honestly, not that long ago. But as soon as I finish a book, my memory just deletes it. So I'm not going to remember things as they happen in order other than the very general premise or plot of the book. Okay. So yeah, you can can do what you're doing. But what was the first thing you liked in the book? Okay, so the first thing that I actually liked in the book is that we get Mateo, like you're saying, it's Mateo's POV, which starts the book, which I kind of liked that he starts the book because usually it's the female main character's point of view that's starting the book. Mm -hmm. So getting his first was really cool and different. And then we we also don't get just Mateo's point of view in this book. This is almost like a three person point of view. Yes, was very different. Yeah, we get a lot of his internal dialogue that he has with his wolf Mm -hmm. named Alpha, which in this book is almost a separate entity from Mateo. Right. Alpha's, Alpha's... What the hell am I trying to say? Don't know. Alpha's <laughs> Alpha's quotes are in bold. Oh, right. And Mateo's quotes are in italics. So when they're having internal dialogue with one another, you can tell who's speaking because of how she's formatted the book, which I also like. So the I honestly highlighted something on the first page because I thought it was funny. The first thing is a back and forth between Mateo and Alpha. Right. So Alpha. Uh, Alpha says, in Mateo's mind, Alpha says, that meathead at the bar is staring at us again. Then Mateo thinks, please just be quiet for five minutes. I need to think. Then Alpha says, yeah, keep looking, asshole. 
I'm going to bloody your face good. Then Mateo thinks, Christ, he wouldn't shut up tonight. The intensity of his urges were worse than ever. At least he leaned more towards violence than sex. His push for a fight was somehow easier to tolerate than his constant commands for me to get laid. Small blessings. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I I did like the fact that it was different in how they she presented these characters. I laughed so much when he was talking with Alpha because that's just very typical of how Alpha is throughout the entire book. He's very intense. Yeah. He's very like that guy's challenging us. And Mateo's like, he's just standing up. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should beat his ass. No, we shouldn't. Uh-huh. Alpha is a hothead to the max, but I really mm -hmm. liked it. This book was a little different in that when Mateo shifts, he says that he pretty much loses awareness of what's happening because that's when Alpha takes over. So he's kind of got this like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing happening. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading this. That was the first thing I liked was their conversations. Sometimes they grew a little tiresome because Alpha says a lot of the same shit the whole time. Mm -hmm. And this book is very long. This book is almost 400 pages long. Yeah. There were some things that bugged me, mm -hmm. but, but I did for the most part, I would say I did like his internal conversations with Alpha. Yeah. But in, instead of getting in a fight, he's interested in locating one of the sisters that's in the witch's coven because he is under some kind of hex and he needs help breaking the curse that's on him and the sisters that he's looking for are supposed to be the strongest of all the witches in New Orleans. I did like this setting for this book because I am a fan of New Orleans, even though I've never been there personally. Well, how but... many times did your mother offer to go take you if you would go with me? Because I want to go there too. It seems pretty cool. Well, not, not gonna lie. <laughs> Maybe this could be our test run before our big trip to see if we can still hang together. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like the setting and the setup for the sisters. We find out throughout the book that there are six sisters mm -hmm. in this coven. Their family is in charge of keeping the peace in New Orleans for the supernaturals. They're like the head coven. They have been for three generations. But I also thought that was kind of weird because they say that they their parents aren't dead or their mom isn't dead, but she retired. That was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, it was the first book where the parents weren't killed off in some horrible tragedy that I had read. <laughs> I know. Don't let Disney usually, get their hands on this. Yeah. And we also learned that there are a lot of supernaturals. There's vampires, there's grims, but not the normal kind of grim that I'm used to. You know, I'm jaded from the grim TV show. I love that show, by the way. The Grimm was always hunting the bad supernaturals. But in mm. this book, it seems like the Grimm's <laughs> are part of the bad supernaturals. But, you know, what do I know? No, I think you're right. I I haven't read that many books with Grimm Reapers in it. But in this one, it says, we called them Grimm's, not because they escorted souls into the afterlife, but because they carried an aura of darkness pulling on impulses and cravings that people liked to suppress, to keep in check. Yeah. That was kind of cool. So in this book, the Grimms are almost like promotion. The bad devil, the bad the devil sitting on your shoulder. 
Yeah, they're kind of like the promotion people outside a club in Vegas where they're luring people into all of these places, right? Yeah, come but, flush your soul down the toilet. You don't need your soul anyway. Come do all uh, the things your mother and father told you never to do. Pretty much, because in this book, vampires can drink from humans, but only if the human is willing. So basically what the vampires do is they have clubs and dens mm -hmm. then they hire grims to work the door and so the grims are always standing outside on the street and they're making people that happen to walk by want to do bad things and pulling like on this darkness blood. yes yeah and so that's how they lure people into the vampire dens that was kind of cool i've never seen anything like that at all yeah that was very different so he he ends up in this bar called the cauldron which i thought was kind of cute for the name of a bar look for the sister that is known as being the best hex breaker. I also liked that they hide in plain sight mm -hmm. throughout the whole book. They also have a store where they sell, you know, little potions or little crystals. And I can't remember yeah. the name of the store though. All the but... sisters have a job and right. And at the cauldron, the one sister Jules, who is basically took the mom's place mm -hmm. is the chef. Evie, who's the hex breaker, is working in the bar. And each sister has a different power, which I also really liked because then you slowly learn about, there's six of them. I can't remember if I already said that. There's six sisters and they each have a different role they play in the coven. Evie is the hex breaker, like you said. And Jules, we find out later in the book, is basically the, the enforcer. Enforcer, she's a, yeah. Yeah, because she's a siphon. Yeah. So she can take powers from people and not just temporarily she can take them permanently which makes her very powerful pretty scary i really liked jules yeah i do too she's a no nonsense mm -hmm. kind of person very strong and <laughs> in her own right and i don't know why i like that because i'm a total nonsense kind of person <laughs> polar opposite of Jules. I'm all about the nonsense. But I think Jules is a really strong personality who she's a no nonsense kind of person in that she's very strong in what she believes. Yeah. And protecting and, her sisters is a big part of that. Yeah. So I feel like you're kind of like that. Like you like to joke and have fun, but you're still also. Yeah, I'll cut a bitch. Exactly. Yeah, That's okay. what Jules would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not even think twice about it. So I have bad impulse control. I'm glad we have um, decided that. <laughs> <laughs> Covered that, yes. Yeah, I may have suffered a head injury at some point in my life. Who knows? He goes, it's the first time he walks into this bar and he sees Evie, who's the person that he's looking for. Jules does not like werewolves because apparently they have bad impulse control. And usually werewolves aren't allowed into the cauldron. So Evie's like, great, just what I need after working all day is this freaking werewolf. Not just that, but it's such a strict rule for their family that mm -hmm. she's never even met a werewolf before. This is now the first werewolf she's ever meeting. Yeah, how is that? I don't know. I think because we find out from Mateo that the werewolves don't really travel in packs. They're kind of low 
lone wolves, if you'll forgive the pun, Mm -hmm. because they fight too much with other, like, that's why he's here, right? Because he was from Texas, I think. But when he got older, he couldn't be around his dad anymore because they were too alpha. So he had to leave. Yeah. So I don't think there's any other werewolves even in New Orleans, except for him. And then later on, we meet his cousin. Yeah, surprise. I I was surprised that he's able to hang out with his cousin, but he couldn't be around his father without breaking out in a fight. But that's a stupid point. Yeah, I think because his cousin's only there for short periods of time because he's like a traveling he's like the lead singer in a band yeah musician thank you so maybe because he knows he's only going to see him for a little bit of time and when he needs to knock some sense into him his cousin Mm -hmm. will let him so maybe he's a little above his cousin in the hierarchy of werewolves Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) the other thing that i thought was weird slash interesting is when he goes into this bar there's a bartender whose name is jj and all this time i thought jj must be one of these supernatural people but we find out later he's not he's human but he's constantly glaring at people that are talking to evie and got the impression that he had a thing for evie but it turns out he doesn't i just his whole character was weird to me i totally agree with you that i couldn't figure out his character either thank you for a while i thought he was going to be the gay bff yeah. <laughs> then I thought he uh, he likes Evie. And then I thought there's got to be something supernatural about him because I think it happens more than once where he's re- referenced as knowing things he shouldn't know. Yeah. So how does he know things? I almost thought he was like a mind reader or something. Who but knows? like you're saying, there's it was never really explained. So maybe in future books, we figure out maybe he's not human after all. It I don't could know. Be. It could be. So against her better judgment, Evie starts talking to him and he starts asking her to, you know, I hear that you're the best hex breaker and I'm desperate because apparently his curse is he is unable to shift. And when you are a werewolf and you're unable to shift, you only have X amount of time before you lose your mind and you go crazy. And he's not able to shift and he needs he doesn't know what happened or why and he's begging her to help him break this curse that's basically the plot of the entire book yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. which i didn't really mind the plot is very simple they spend the entire book trying to break the hex or Mm -hmm. the curse Mm -hmm. that's been placed on mateo so this book was very character driven i would say because you get a lot of her you get a lot of him you get a lot of her sisters there's a lot of characters in the book for you to meet and i guess see in future books well that's just it i think obviously there was a book for all the sisters so we meet her other sisters Claire, who is, or Clara, who is a very happy, upbeat witch and able to touch you and make you feel happy and peaceful. Yes, she's an aura, Mm -hmm. which... She's like an empath, but instead of taking in people's emotions, she can influence their emotions by doing things to them. And then Violet, is it Claire and Violet that are twins? One of them? Yes. Okay. She's, to me, the polar opposite. She's always just blurting out inappropriate things and is very mysterious. We never find out what the hell she's doing and why she is disappearing. And I don't remember what her power is. Do you? Apparently to piss her family off at the (laughs) dining room table. 
It's also a power I have. You can piss off your entire family at the dining room table for saying shit you shouldn't say. Just why I, I had to pack up my shit and run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like Violet, though, because like you're saying, she's kind of the opposite of Clara, who's very nice. And mm -hmm. like she's even going up to the Grimm's on Thanksgiving at one point and inviting them to come to Thanksgiving dinner with them. Right. Violet had a good sort of mysterious background with Nico, who's Mateo's cousin. Yeah, we don't know what happened between them. We don't know what happened with them in the past or what maybe some the recent past i don't really know but i kind of liked the tension between the two of them yeah i'm sure that violet's book is well i'm assuming violet's book is about nico because she keeps telling everybody she hates him she keeps glaring daggers at him mm -hmm. he just kind of laughs and hangs out with her yeah so i looked up the series and you're right her book is with nico it's book number three Oh, okay. I didn't read the description of any of the books. I just did like a very quick one or two first lines to see which sister the books were about. We find out her <laughs> grandmother, who was named Maybell, was also a siphon, as was their mother. Grimms are the secretive branch. They think werewolves are unorganized. And that there's no werewolf guild in any region i guess all of these magical beings have some kind of guild except for werewolves which uh, why i don't know i think because they can't be together <laughs> you can't have a group of them in a guild when they all are fighting to be the fucking president of the secret werewolf society well see here's a, a reason i had an issue wolves are pack animals true right? in mm -hmm. real life and in these shifter books they're pack animals they're supposed to hang with each other there's supposed to be a hierarchy of an alpha and people underneath the alpha. But this book to me made it sound like all the wolves are alphas and they all need to be separated from the rest of the werewolves so that they don't fight. Okay, this is when I was questioning how deep I get into the shifter obsession because I th had similar thoughts, but then I was like, but no, that's wolves. These are werewolves. Maybe it's different. <laughs> oh, well, in my obsession, they're all that. Maybe it is different because I just remembered uh, another book about a werewolf and they were loners too. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, okay. In this book, he never changes until the very end of the book. But I think, can he change whenever he wants? Or can he only change on the full moons? I don't remember. Like a I, normal wolf shifter can change whenever they want. Yeah, I, I do think that it's only at the full moon. But yeah, because they want to try to bright break the hex on the full moon when his wolf will be the closest to the surface they said yeah so maybe i don't know uh, we're thinking way too much into werewolf mythology yeah right yeah getting back to the book there is a lot of sexual tension between evie and oh Mateo. my god so much it goes on and on and on and when to me they call it a slow burn but for me i call it a waste of time in my life and maybe i'm just a whore i don't know but it's <laughs> like i can't go this long without jumping somebody it's like i know within five minutes of meeting somebody whether i would sleep with them or not not that 
that I sleep with everybody that I meet in five minutes. But if it's a potential, I do run it through my head. And if it's like, if I can't, if it's not going to happen within the first few dates, it's, we're just not meant to be. Yeah. This book was very, when they say slow burn, they mean slow burn. I'm kind of like you when I read a book. I mean, and also in real life. But when I read a book, I like the medium burn or high fast burn. Yeah. This did get a little tiresome because at one point in the book, maybe it was like 50 or 60% in, they try to break the hex. It doesn't end up working. But Mm -hmm. when they try to break the hex the first time, I actually thought it was going to work. And then from then they would build the relationship and start having sex and doing all the things but it still didn't work and then it was still very slow from then yes you know and i'm not saying you know my thought process is the way to go but i do have a lot of really good memories i will tell you that So anyway, and I always said, yeah, maybe it didn't work out, but I'll have a smile on my face in the old folks home. So I I don't know where we are in this book. I mean, after that, the hex is broken is it's maybe three quarters of the way through the book. Do you think? I God, I think it's further than that. I don't even remember. So they, they finally end up, you know, it doesn't work. They end up, Jewel has to knock Mateo out because of course, when he, finally started to have his wolf rise to the surface. He tried to attack, what's her name? Evie. Evie, thank you. And that wasn't explained either why. So they end up knocking him out. They bring him back to the house. And it went very quickly from Jules' rule of, we don't associate with werewolves with, we'll settle him in your bedroom, in your bed. And he was, she said, she'll, he'll probably be fine for now. And then... The, Evie ends up getting in bed with Mateo while he's knocked out. When they finally do, I'm just going to go straight to it. When they finally do start fooling around or whatever, I thought their sexual encounter was so off-putting. Because, of course, anytime there's a sexual encounter or implications of a sexual encounter, that's all happening through the alpha. And then Mm. when Mateo is in control, Mateo is shame-ridden and feels terrible and can't apologize enough. I could see that. I totally didn't feel the same way about when they finally hook up. Mm. But I could see why you felt like that. At some point in the book, we find out that the werewolves only pick one mate. And when they find when the wolf picks a person or a mate, that's it for them. So even though Mateo, who is Uh, like 120 years old he's obviously slept with a bunch of different people and had a bunch of casual flings but i guess when he's done all those things the wolf has never been really involved because the wolf didn't care about those people now that the wolf has picked evie as his mate there is a lot of the alpha coming through mateo in terms of the eye color changing the voice changing so you definitely know when they're doing things when it's alpha in the forefront versus mateo yeah and there's a part there's a couple of things in the book that i'm just gonna talk about not in any kind of order but the first time he goes into her bedroom so she's a real super nerd she's really into comic books and there's nothing wrong with that i love Mm -hmm. marvel and all 
all of those things. She's really into all these nerdy things and he hires her to sit with him four hours a day so that because she calms his wolf, he's able to work. And he is a metal artist that's working on sculptors sculptures and while he is working he's stealing a peek at her and she's constantly writing in her ipad or whatever the hell it is he finally ends up in her room that night in the morning she's out in the kitchen he can hear her talking and he wakes up and he starts looking through her shit Mm, i didn't like that either oh my god this it was so inappropriate he opens her ipad and because it's unlocked he feels like it's okay for him to do this he finds out that she's been drawing an illustrated comic all this time and i don't know if they thought maybe because he just raves about how talented she is and her skill set that it's okay that he looked at this stuff he even goes through her drawers and finds mm-hmm. that some drawings that she did. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? If I found out about that, that would be the end. This part surprised to me too. I thought for sure she was going to walk in on him because he was doing it yeah. for a long time. He looked yeah. through a bunch of shit in her iPad. Like you said, he looked through the drawers. He looked through a bunch of pieces of paper or um, what do you call them? Sketch pads. I thought for sure she was going to catch him. They'd have a big fight. Yeah. And then that would be some sort of tension. But it never was. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes out later and he tells her, oh, I saw your stuff. Or he comments about it. She's like, how do you know that? Did you go through my stuff? You know, they have a little bit of their heads knocking together. But it's it's not how I would be at all. That would be a huge violation to me. And if some woman was sneaking through, you know, a man's cell phone or whatever she'd be labeled as being horrible and i don't know it's the first time i guess i read about a man snooping through Mm -hmm. a woman's stuff and it really bothered me and i don't think he ever even asked her what she was doing she's being very cagey the whole time every time he would come up to her she would close the ipad she would put this stuff away so he knew that she didn't want him to know what she was doing and he i don't think he ever asks her what she's doing he just yeah like you're saying he just snoops through her shit yeah and apparently she has all these scars about her talent from her ex-boyfriend who is a werewolf not a werewolf a warlock and he came to new orleans and his whole thing is he wants to know all the mucky mucks you know, there and be well known. So he ingratiates himself to Evie's family, starts dating her, but basically is using her because her family's so well connected. They end up breaking up because he's really, he's mean to her basically and makes fun of her and what she likes to do. And they're having this huge ball that of course her sister Jules has to host. And well, I don't know why all these books have to have a ball. It's beyond me. But they're having this ball. She does not invite Mateo, even though they're dating. Her ex, She doesn't want to go. Evie doesn't want to go because her ex is going to be there. And he is now engaged to another woman and she just doesn't want to see him it's going to be hugely uncomfortable i think my favorite part of the book honestly was when mateo shows up at that ball unexpected and uninvited and looks like a drop dead your tongue's dragging on the floor super handsome guy in a tuxedo he strolls into the ball and evie's ex is standing there with his drop dead gorgeous now fiance 
and he's bragging about himself. You know, he's taking over the conversation and he's in the middle when Mateo walks up, he goes to introduce himself and he says, I'm the president of the greater Baton Rouge. And Mateo just goes, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that. Mateo cuts him off quickly and he says, I would apologize, but I'm not sorry. And it's just, and he ends up, all the women are drooling over Mateo and he of course leads Evie off to the dance floor and they, they dance and have a good time. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was very funny. And then they, I guess they go back and this is when they finally, they don't have sex until chapter 30. And the way he talks to her, I don't, care if it's the alpha talking to her it's disgust. it would be an instant turn off to me and there are so many things that turn me off instantly that's why i say please don't speak but he <laughs> says to her yeah I-, I don't need your verbal stuff if you're gonna be an idiot he says to her and this is disgusting i need you he doesn't want to wear a condom he's like i need you bareback nothing between us skin to skin It's not a want, it's a need, but I'm clean. Do you get me? That's what he says to her. So when this happened, she responds and saying she's on the pill and she's clean. I guess werewolves can't get diseases, whatever. I thought for sure this is usually a trigger for a fucking surprise oops baby. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that. But, you know, their whole dialogue is horrifying to me. She's like, I'm moaning like a porn star. It's like, really? If a woman uh, is moaning and has a good time, she's a fucking porn star? Maybe she's just fun in bed. And he he says to her, I've craved you too long, baby. It's going to be rough. And she says to him, I submit, Mateo. And he's like, ride me, Evie. I'm sorry, but this is the verbal thing that's going on in my head with that type of tone. It was a little much sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she says, I submit, Mateo. But then he says, Alpha, to yeah. correct her. Mateo didn't need my submission, just his wolf. And she says, Alpha, I'm yours. And he says, yes, baby, you're mine. Now let me take care of you. And then, yeah, they keep having sex. Well, I'm sorry. I guess apparently I want no conversation in the bedroom. (laughs) You can talk to me just fine out of the bedroom, apparently. But don't talk to me in the bedroom and with this kind of stuff. It can be a little cheesy. I agree. But there was a lot of stuff in this book that was a little cheesy and got to be kind of annoying for me. Okay, go for it. Apparently, when he was in Texas, he made award-winning meat pies, which sound fucking (laughs) terrible. Not gonna lie. Yes, they do. Thank you. That was a note I made, too. What the hell? They sounded terrible. But then there's constant references to, I want your meat pie as in place of, I want your dick. Yeah. Okay. So she never really says, I want your dick. She just says, I want your meat pie. I love your meat pie. All these, that was a little much for me. The Star Wars thing was a little cute at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But after a couple references to her love of Star Wars and all things nerdy, Wolverine, of course, she's obsessed with Wolverine. Of course. I was really over it. That was one thing I didn't like and I could have done a lot less of in the book. Yeah. Okay. I I don't think I highlighted anything after that. I have a couple things I just want to read because I thought they were funny. Yeah, go ahead. There were funny things in this book too. I'll give you that. This is a quote from Evie. 
It's in her uh, point of view. The warning rumble building inside the werewolf's chest raised the little hairs on my arms. Then I realized it wasn't a warning. He was squeezing the life out of the drunk guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I eased closer with slow movements, wrapping my hand around his forearm, a well-muscled and nicely veined forearm, I might add. Mm-hmm. Okay. Personally, I appreciated this because I also do like a well a good forearm. So do I. Arms and hands. Yes. Mm. And then <laughs> this was an interaction between Alpha and Mateo that I thought was really funny. Alpha says, hey, I can be gentle. Go get that red haired witch and I'll show her how gently I can smack her ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I Maybe that is the thing for me with this is that they seemed like they were sweet together. And when they finally did have sex, I guess I kind of wanted it to be Mateo being with her the second time or the third time the Alpha can join in. But I expected him to be loving and gentle and, you know, good with her, not this over the top. Mm. I gotta have you bareback kind of stuff. I also liked at one point, I think she's listening to music and she's listening to Florence and the Machines' Seven Devils, which oh yeah, I appreciate that reference because that's an amazing song. Yeah, it is. She also thinks, <laughs> another arm quote, of course I had to hi- highlight this. She thinks, God, why was I such a forearm whore? Was there such a thing as arm porn yeah. or man veins porn? Because mm. if there was, I needed a monthly subscription like yesterday. So I highlighted that because I'm like, yes, girl, same. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start a calendar. Oh, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. At one point, they are, they're in like a haunted house at like a fall festival or something, right? Oh, yeah. And they go, they're almost to the end and Alpha kind of takes over at one point. And he's very dominant. He's very rough with her, but she really likes it. But then she's also thinking, maybe I shouldn't like this so much. What's wrong with me? Maybe I need to go see a doctor. But then she thinks to herself, what would I say to the doctor? (laughs) Well, doc, apparently I get turned on by being pinned down and helpless with a bloodthirsty werewolf's hands around my throat and on my pussy without my permission. Is this normal? Mm. I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah when how I, would you explain that? Well, when I read that, I thought, oh, are, is that going to upset you? Because there was no consent. You're really big about the consent thing. But mm, yeah. I was thinking, what is the big deal? They get locked in like this coffin thing as part of the haunted house. And I don't think he heard her when he put, he just put his hand at her throat. And I'm not into choking, please. And pressed against her and was saying all this stuff in her ear. And I thought... Well, that is kind of hot. She needs to go a psychiatrist to a psychiatrist for that. She better book a double appointment because I need to go with her. There were a couple things I liked about this book. Okay. That I just wanted to say I liked that the women are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So Mateo, like I said, he's like 123 or 125 or something like that. Evie is 38 and Jules is actually 42. And at one point in the book, she says that all of her sisters were in their 30s, except for Jules, who was in her 40s. Mm-hmm. So that was nice because usually yeah. they're a lot younger, especially when the male main character is in his hundreds or 500 years old, like Faye tend to be. And then the girl's like 19. At least for this, 
this. She's late 30s. I appreciated that. It was interesting that they did bring that up about the age difference because Evie was concerned about it because they they talked about the, <clears throat> the lifespan of a werewolf and a witch and all these other. There wasn't really an immortal and she was worried she wasn't going to have enough time with Mateo. But they, they end up that they're around the same age, so they will. Mm-hmm. So he's in his 120s, but he looks like he's in his 30s. And I guess werewolves can live to be like 600 years old and witches can live to be like 400 or something. So they still have plenty of time together. I liked that the epilogue had absolutely nothing to do with a baby. That was nice. I actually (laughs) really liked this epilogue. Mm -hmm. They end up going to a Comic-Con and she's successful with his, her artwork. So it's about her and her job basically and what she's doing with her life now. And I loved that because like you're saying, when they did the bareback thing, I thought she was going to get knocked up and I fucking hate babies in books. We don't need them. (laughs) We don't clarify that. (laughs) Like, yeah, don't don't tell people you hate babies. (laughs) No, no, I hate them in books. And I hate the baby in the epilogue thing. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. But it's like, you don't have to have a baby to be happy. Yeah. And this was a good epilogue without having that. They're not married. They're not having the baby. They're just living their life and they're happy. Yeah, I like that too, a lot. Uh, I liked the twist that happened in the book because I actually didn't guess the twist of who the person that placed the hex on Mateo was. I didn't either at first, but the more this woman was integrating her life with them, the more I thought, oh, this got to be her. I thought it was someone else, but I was wrong. One thing I didn't like about this book was it's dual POV, but Mm -hmm. it's not an exact, this is the, now I'm going to be the nerd, like move aside Evie, let me nerd out. Yeah. (laughs) Because you qualify, that's for sure. It's true. It's a dual POV, but it's not an exact one-to-one dual POV. So you don't switch from Mateo to Evie to Mateo to Evie back and forth the entire time. There were a lot of times Evie had multiple chapters in a row. I didn't like that because things would happen. And then I wanted to know what Mateo was thinking during those encounters. And you never find out because I felt like she had more POVs than he did. I could be totally wrong. They might have an equal 50-50 split and it's just not consecutive like that. I didn't even notice, nor did I... I even th- I definitely noticed, it. but I notice weird shit like that in books. Yeah, you do. Good God. I didn't like how long this book was because it's very long. Yeah. But I did like the setup for future books. Mm-hmm. But having said that, book two isn't about a sister that we care about, which is very who disappointing. Is who, who is it? Book number two is about one of the sisters that was never even in town. So two oh. sisters are out of town, Isadora and Livy. Yeah, they're visiting the mother. Book two is about Isadora. And the guy that is with her in the book is maybe mentioned for a sentence and a half. His name was Dev- Devraj, probably butchering his name right now. That's a vampire. Was- Yeah, he was the vampire that Ruben contacted to go on that secret mission to get that book for them. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why she did that. Hmm. I don't understand either. So there was a lot of 
interaction between Violet and Nico. Yeah. And there was a lot between Jules and Ruben, who's a vampire. He's the Lord of the Vampire Coven. I thought for sure book two was going to be Violet or Jules, but it's not. It's Isadora, who we don't even fucking know. So that was kind of yeah. annoying. The only thing they, I think they said in the book about her is that she was visiting the mother and that she is a conduit. Yeah, she's a conduit. We get some interactions with her because they do some FaceTiming Skyping, or Zoom yeah. Skyping yeah, on the computer. Mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, we don't know anything about her. And a lot of time was put into Violet and Nico, Jules and Ruben. I mean, maybe their book is great. I just don't know her as a character. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, that, that is a bummer. I'm sorry, honey. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to read this book? Sure. Go ahead. I'd probably give it three panties because I thought it was okay. There were things I liked, but then there were things that I didn't like. Like I'm saying, I didn't like that it was so long. Things just happened too many times that were too similar. You know, the conversations between Mateo and Alpha, the references to Star Wars. There was just a couple too many of those things. I'm like, you could have cut some of these things out. Yeah, I would have enjoyed it better. Could have been edited more. Yeah, it didn't have to be almost 400 pages when some of these things I felt like were repetitive. Mm -hmm. I was trying to slowly build their relationship. I did really like the characters and I did like some of the sisters and the grim thing and the vampire thing. I like that it's the low angst, very easy plot. So I like these characters to me are done they're wrapped up i don't have to read book two to figure out what the fuck happens with them Uh (laughs) uh-huh which i do appreciate yes i kind of know where they are they're at a good place so if i want to read about more sisters Mm -hmm. i can okay i went back and forth with this book because there were things that i really liked like you had already said about the the discussions between mateo and the werewolf the alpha i like that i did like her hearing about all the sisters and like the nerdy stuff i actually like that because you know i have a soft spot for nerds because of you (laughs) oh wow (laughs) the call out (laughs) well you said earlier you're a nerd you admit it yourself so i i love star wars Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but i don't need to hear about it so much and where to the point where they're having movie marathons and talking about the plot of the movies and right i mean this guy's 120 years old he's never watched any of these movies yeah yeah i would probably only give this book two and a half dry panties i okay I didn't think it was sexy. It's not my kind of read. It reminded me of a a young adult book until we got to the point where they finally had sex. And then it was, whoa, slow your roll there, bud. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I, I do commend the author because there were a lot of unique new ideas that she brought with this book that I thought were really interesting. I don't think I'm going to read the next books, but that's only because you're a taskmaster about having to read books for this podcast and I need to read my own books. And the bad thing for me reading multiple books is that if I read a book that's just kind of so-so for me and I'm also reading a book that I'm really into, it's hard not to compare the difference of the writing Mm -hmm. and what I liked and didn't like. That makes sense. I actually looked up book two and then I ended up looking up the whole series because I want 
wanted to know who was in book two. Mm -hmm. If it was Violet and Nico or Jules and Ruben, I totally would have downloaded it and read it because I did like the other characters in the series. But like I'm saying, because it was Isadora, who we know nothing about, and then the guy, we don't know about the guy either. I'm just kind of like, I wonder if if there's a way to skip those books and just read the books about the sisters you like. That's what I was just going to say. Maybe you can just skip that book and yeah because I I don't know that I want to read that either but you know like I said I'm I am reading a bunch of different things at once and you know I just finished so are we done talking about that book yes okay so I just finished uh book three in the shadow beast series okay and was that the end of that couple yes it's called Reborn. And what um, did you think? Uh, it was 440 pages. Oh, I, wow. Yeah, I think that it could have been a little shorter. But, you know, I thought it was good. I don't I don't know if I'm going to read the next book just because I have a lot going on right now that I want to do. And that makes it harder. But the next book is about a character. They've kind of been dropping hints along the way about friction between these two characters And I, you know, I may end up reading it for that reason. Then I am also reading a T.S. Joyce book, of course. And um, I really like her because even though the books are, the characters are similar as that they're wolves or shifters, every relationship, and I don't know how she does this, every relationship is different. Every meeting is different. Every what's happened since to them in the book is different. It's not like it's she's regurgitating the same story over and over again. So I find that interesting. But right now I'm, I'm reading Lone Wolf of Piston, which is book three in that the, the Wolves of Piston series. Can I tell you about how I got in trouble in the Ruby Dixon uh, <gasps> Facebook group for mentioning T.S. Joyce? What did you do? My God, should have known. Gonna disown you. Okay, so I mean, my comment on the Facebook post got deleted because I guess I went against the (gasps) group rules. Oh, so this you expressed your opinion? Is that (laughs) pretty much? Yeah. All right. What'd you do? So somebody mentioned in the group that they, I think they said I loved Ice Planet Barbarians. And basically they were saying, I haven't found a series since then that's captured me the same way. And they were basically saying, I'm in a book slump. I took that to mean they were looking for recommendations for something that would hook them. Like, yeah, Ice Planet Barbie. She did not say in her post that she was looking for recommendations. Well, it was implied. Come on. Right? So I said, if you like shifters, you would like T.S. Joyce because she has over a hundred books. Well, then my comment got deleted. And then that one of the admin people posted in the group recommendations for non Ruby Dixon books have to happen in a different group. I guess that That was my bad for not realizing I couldn't recommend an author other than Ruby Dixon in the fan group. Well, you know what? Stop drinking the Kool-Aid people. That is ridiculous to me. And I am a huge Ruby Dixon. I think I've read 
all of her freaking books. I love her, but I love T.S. Joyce too. And as a reader, what did they think? You're going to be taking business away from Ruby Dixon because you're, you're, you're suggesting another author. I thought that's what readers did. If I have somebody suggest to me, like Trev suggested the Shadow Beast series, mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for doing that because I am always looking for something good and interesting to read. It's not a put down to Ruby Dixon. To That's absurd. I was just like, whatever. I'm not going to join another Facebook group. We have a Facebook group for this podcast. I actually don't like Facebook groups. Mm. I had a bunch of Facebook groups I was in. I went through like a year and a half ago and deleted or unfollowed, unjoined every Facebook group I was in because I was sick of seeing all the fucking posts from them. So... I'm like, I'm not joining another Facebook group to talk about non-Ruby Dixon books. I already have that with that other group that we're in, the urban fantasy, whatever mm -hmm. fucking group it is. Well, I told you I got banned from a group. I can't even remember what group it was, but it was freaking hilarious. Oh, it's about <laughs> you killing caterpillars on a bush. And <laughs> I said, her. Yeah, does anybody know? Oh, it was a garden group I'm in. I took, I was getting invaded with these caterpillars. And I'm like, does anybody know what these things are? What type of, are they moths? Are they butterflies? Because they literally, I would get up in the morning and they would have eaten half of the bush that I took forever to grow. Mm -hmm. And a woman kindly posted, oh, these are such and such butterflies. Because if they were monarch butterflies or something like that, I would never, I, they could eat all the bushes in my garden. I would never do anything to them. But this woman was kind enough to say, those are such and such moths. You know, and I looked them up and I'm like, moths? They'll, moths eat your clothes. I'm I'm not into moths. I'm sorry if you're moth people out there. <laughs> Which is so me. I, said, I am a moth person. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I did cut a lot lot of the bushes that had the moth the caterpillars on them gave them to you you took the pieces to your hill and behind your house and let them live wild and free like they should you help them but yes. i i said to this woman in the group thanks for telling me i'm gonna go kill them now and i instantly got blocked on facebook that i was <laughs> promoting murder and i had to laugh i go look at it, it's a fucking caterpillar for the love of god and then within a couple of hours they unblocked me and said you've been unblocked we've read your comment and but i thought wow you're a buggist what can i say some people don't like that all bug lives matter yeah, no, they don't. Trust me. You've spent <laughs> a fortune on your garden and you're out there killing your... So I have six of those bushes and I'm not going to go continue to fight these caterpillars and kill them. So even though I've paid a fair amount of money for all these bushes, grown them from little one gallon things to these, they're halfway up my house. I've already ripped out three of those things and I have oh, a well. couple... Yeah, I'm going to dig them up and toss them and find something else to put there. Because first of all, they give me the heebie-jeebies because, you know, I have that phobia. What's that phobia? Trictophobia, I think. Yes, that's it. And I I can't see a lot of moving things. It freaks me out. So I can't deal with those caterpillars. I'm sorry they have to go live somewhere else. I understand. I don't... I don't like it, but I understand. <laughs> and I did try to donate the bushes to multiple people, you know. Even, even me, I will admit, I said no. Yeah. To taking the bushes, so I people get it. People said no, so it's like, okay, then they have to go. I've tried my best. I'm over it. 
time to move on. Yeah, and not not everyone's weird like me. I prefer moths to butterflies, and my favorite bird is a crow. So I don't know. I love crows too. I th I talk to my. There's a lot of crows in this neighborhood. There are not a lot of birds or other kinds of wildlife, but there's a shit ton of crows. Mm -hmm. And every time I go out in the backyard, one will appear on my neighbor's house and just start cawing at me. And I talk to them all the time. I'm like, what? What do you want? I'm out here minding my own business in my garden. You're more than welcome to watch, but stop yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> they are very vocal. Yeah, they are. Holy Which, moly. I don't mind. I like how they sound. Well, they scare Angel. Angel runs in the house. A bo Boo tries to attack them, which he can't. He's a little tiny thing. But Angel freaks out and runs in the house. Anything else going on? What's the next book? Our next book is Stalked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark. I, am I really hope this book is good because it was not on KU and I hate paying for a book. Dear God. <laughs> I pick this book. I will reimburse you. No pressure. You. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I will reimburse you for this freaking book if it's not good. I'm I'm hoping that it is good. Oh, you know, I try to we try to find different things. I've not read about a, a kraken before, have you? Not for a romance, no. I've read a pirate book that a kraken was in there, but it was not a romantic lead. Yeah. I'm like, how can this be a romantic story? So I needed to find out. So uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. I'll give you $5. Thank you. You're it is kind of weird though, because when you look up this series, book one is not in KU, but I think book two is. I don't know why that is. This book you did have to pay for. So apologies to people who like to read along with us that this one is not on KU. But like we said, it's something different. So there you go. I have to laugh because you're so different than me. It's hard to believe you're my kid because things just roll off my back not all the time trust me people I, it's like I don't even think of things I guess I'm not that deep and you are really into the let's dig into this and find out what's the next book or I notice this I am oblivious to so much in my life <laughs> but if you were living my life you'd be oblivious to it there's not a lot of great stuff to see so but this is the kind of thing that made me a good beta reader it did and it makes people, you so it makes you really good at your job and it's why you did really good in school. Yeah, I do have to use the skill a lot at work. Not that I'm going to tell people what I do for a job. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't. But <laughs> I have um, to be detail oriented. Yeah, very. And I'm a creative artist person and I I trip in that world and I I like it. it. Took me forever to find my gifts. I kept thinking my whole life, what are my gifts? What are my gifts? And finally, when I became a designer and a you know started painting and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm an artist. That's, yeah, that's great. Bad for other things, but good for a lot of things. So you balance me. I was. That's so weird. I was just gonna say that. That's why we balance each other out so well. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That is scary. <laughs> Trippy. Yeah. So um, that's it. I get. What are you gonna do for the rest of the day? Um, I'm gonna hang out. I think uh, my husband is gonna come home early, and we're gonna go to lunch. Nice. And we might go do a little bit of Christmas shopping. Oh. Okay. So. And then tomorrow you're coming over here. Yes. Is I'll he come coming over tomorrow and help you do stuff? Is he coming with you? Uh, he can. I'm sure he will if I tell him I want him to. Jeff likes to be with you, even after all this time. It's really. I know. It's weird. It's very <laughs> sweet. 
I think it's sweet. He's totally in love <laughs> with you. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, I think you should bring him because there's going to be moving. And I worry if you're moving heavy things, I worry we're going to try to find paperwork that I have buried in the garage. Good luck to us. Poor Jeff. He's still got the fucked up knee, but we're not worried about him. <laughs> no. He doesn't have to bend his knee, does he? No, he'll be fine. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I have two more bushes to rip out of the ground and um, I'm going to do that and I'm going to probably need to sit down on the sofa for the rest of the day after that. So I'll probably embroider. Those little birds in the nest are coming out so cute. I oh, I love it. I made little fluff on them so i'll show you tomorrow when you come over okay if i ever finish these fucking french knots that i'm doing <laughs> i will show you mine too <laughs> why do you think i put mine that had a lot of french knots the center of that flower i put it in a drawer and shut the drawer i'm like jesus christ but this is part of the problem with me being so anal about things because i will only do certain stitches in a certain order. So I purposely saved these all for the end. Well, I think that's a good thing because then if you stitch near them or something, you, you would mess them up. So. Okay. See, you get it. <laughs> I do. I save them for the end too, for that very reason. Okay, good. Makes I'm me feel also, better. I'm also, this tells you how I'm just can't focus. You're hyper-focused. I'm anti-focused, but I'm actually <laughs> doing two things at once. I'm doing the little bird nest and then I got another one of those little kits. Mm -hmm. That's a blue bird with a, some hearts on it. It's really cute. So I'll show it to you tomorrow. Nice. Okay. I like it. I need some thread too. So I'll bring some of my things and steal some of your thread. All right. I got, God knows I have thread galore. Sweet. All right, babe. <laughs> okay. have a great day. You too. All right. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.